Hi, I'm Anne-Maria Horsford, and you're listening to the L.C. and Jack Show. You are listening to the L.C. and Jack Radio Show, live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, L.C. and Jack. Radio Show with your man LC holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us at area code 347-843-4738, LC and Jack Radio Show. This show is being brought to you by State Farm Insurance for all your auto, home, life, renters, and health insurance. Check them out, statefarm.com. What is the word there, Brett, man? What's good, L.C., man? It's cold outside, but the Giants did it, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Brett, man. Tebow was... didn't do it, but, hey, the Giants did it. Uh, I, I told you about Tebow, man. I, I knew what are you Tebow. telling me? What, what, replay it back to me. I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> 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 I'm stuck on stupid right now. I don't know what's going on. What, Tebow who? What, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Tebow uh, ran out of magic, I guess. So yes, his time has come, and yeah. but uh, like you they put say, him on the map, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's always next year. It was a good ride, man. You know, it was a good marketing. ride. It was, it was a nice marketing uh, plan, that's for sure, man. Tebow's shirt. I can even buy Tebow's shirt. Yeah, well, people made money. Yeah, off sir. of that situation, so yes, he's doing his thing. He is, yeah. I guess, an NFL quarterback now. You could say that. Yes, sir. Yeah. But I, LC, is still not convinced. So, well, we'll we'll see what happens when it comes around the horn next September when the games start again, mm-hmm. and there's been a declared a Super Bowl winner, which will happen next month. So that will all hit the fan very soon. Yes, sir. But until then, I mean, the Giants did their thing, Brad. Uh, uh, yeah, they went up to Green Bay and yeah, they took that cheese and put some crackers on it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, oh, they chopped man. up the cheese heads. Man, they put all kinds of crackers on them cheese, man. They even made sandwiches out of them. It's crazy, crazy. They they went up there. I mean. I have to tip my hat to them. I didn't think that they would have a shot to beat them. Yeah. But they came up. I mean, the first, the last time they played, it was a very tight game. So mm-hmm. I honestly thought it might be that same type of scenario. But Green Bay, they, they couldn't handle what, they, what the Giants brought them. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's easier said than done. That, that was it. That was they. They couldn't. They talked big. Had some of their linemen that was talking big about the Giants, you know, talking about them and saying that they weren't going to do this and that. But when it came down to it, the Giants went out there and kicked their tail from one side of the field to the other. Yeah. So. So uh, it was. Uh, it was done. So the Giants will be playing San Francisco. Out there in Cali. Yes, sir. So it, it, it's uh, it, it's gonna be a battle, man. They get to thaw out a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna be a little chilly. It's not gonna be as cold, obviously, out in San Francisco. Yeah. It's still gonna be a little chilly out there. Well, that's nothing. I go out there, it's four degrees out there. It's good. Yeah, out here in New York, y'all, the weather is very, very chilly. What is it now, Brad? It's about 
15 degrees out? Uh, with a windshield? Man, I don't even know, but you, you better wear your gloves. He's <laughs> <laughs> a better, better wear your, wear your gloves. gloves. I don't know if the gloves are going to help you, big. Wow. He said, better wear your gloves. Wow. So what'd you get into this weekend there, Brad? I know the weekend, the holiday weekend is still rolling. It's still rolling, but I I, I did a little clamp down because, you know, I got a different work schedule. And uh, it's it's not looking good for the bread man right now. Okay, okay. The establishment put a clamp on my four-day weekend, you know. Oh, see, the bread man had big plans, but fouls at these I used to go away. I used to go to Cali every MLK weekend. Right, I was going to say. You know, but the establishment put, like, a clamp on my, you know. It's like, whoo, they don't even know. But next weekend, I'm out. I got a fundraiser. They can't. They can't keep me down too long. <laughs> you gonna make it up next week, right? I'm gonna make it up next week. I'm gonna be seeing the Giants whoop up on the 49ers on the road. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Can't hold me down for so long. <laughs> wow. So Brad Man actually stayed local for a change. I think this is the first time in. Six eight months there, y'all. Yeah, that, um, yeah. Uh, Redman constantly's on the road. Always on the road. Man. Does his thing during the week. He's a f- proud Elsie and Jack co-host, and then he's out. Does his thing. He's out and comes back and does it all over again, y'all. So <laughs> big up to the Redman for uh, being local here and. Being able to participate on the show. That's it. We appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it too, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really do. <laughs> I get to I get to work on my uh, invite list. So that, that's one good thing. Right. You know. Uh-huh. So I got a limit of five hundred. You know what I'm saying? So out of ten thousand people, I got to put five hundred people on, on the invite list. <laughs> Get that big, big birthday coming down. Yes, sir. So, uh, yes, yeah, so you have your the, the list keeps growing out here. Yeah, but see, I gotta weed them out. If you don't, if I if I hit you up and I give you, I gotta get a verbal. <laughs> Once I get a verbal, you get a star next to your name. <laughs> then you get a RSVP. You know what I'm saying? Oh boy! If you if you like, well, I don't know, and I, ah, okay, all right, get you back later. <laughs> <laughs> do do you have a budget set for this thing, man? I know you're writing all these. I got heads. a budget, but like I'm gonna make it into a fundraiser as well. So uh-huh. um, I have two five hundred one c threes that I'm gonna raise money for, and oh, that's great, man. Like that, yeah. So, that's great. That's what that's what we do. Yep. That's so, that's what we do. And then. I'm gonna have uh, like some vendors come in to showcase what they have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm working on. It. I got, I got a plan. I got a plan. Ugh, I just got a plan. But you know, it's only one day, so it ain't like a three-day weekend. It's one shot. Bam. That's right. That's so I, right. That's what I gotta constrain, strain myself because I'm making it look like a three-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I gotta do it all in one night. That's right. So I gotta like curtail myself. So I hear like, you. Six hours we're gonna have well probably more than that seven hours and that's it we'll, we'll, you know we'll do it from there. Well, Brett, I think we'll get into this a little bit later. I think our guest right. of the evening is here and waiting. Okay. When we get right into it, my guest this evening, Brett, is one of the best actresses to step in front of the camera. She's been in feature films like Friday, The Nutty Professor Two, Our Family Wedding, and The Friday After Next. She's also acted in many, many TV shows, like the Bernie Mac show, Everyone Loves Chris, my favorite show, though, uh, Brad, The Shield, as well as Amen. She currently plays Miss Helen Wilson on a hit TV show, Read Between the Lines. We're so happy to welcome Miss Anna Maria Hortsford to the LC and Jack radio show. Hello, Anna. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm just great now that I have you on the line. I'm <laughs> my partner in crime. The bread man is 
Thank you. Same to you. We're so happy to have you on out here in, in the East Coast in New York. The Giant fans, the Giant football fans are going crazy. All right. Yeah, going crazy. I, I know you're out on the other side of the coast, so I'm in California. Yeah, that's right. And San Francisco fans out there will New York Giants will be out in San Fran next week, so okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you will hear the vibrations. I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> But again, we thank you so much for you know spending some time with us this evening. Um, we know you have a new show that I've personally loved. I've watched. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the show? Well, if they haven't, I mean they've been in the shelf. They haven't seen it. But. Well, um, I'm not sure. It's uh, it's supposed to be about mental health and black people, uh-huh. uh, which means. Um, it wants to introduce the idea of therapy to a group of people who might not know um, the positive effects of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is therapy, talk therapy with a doctor, a, psychi- a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what the show has expanded to is more about her life and what she does. Um, hopefully, if we come back next season, um, it will hit on some of the things that might uh, concern our community, like post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. um, um, anger management, um, sex addiction, and some other things that might affect our community. And it is a sitcom, let me just say that. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> Which it is. Which is a little is. strange to talk about these things. And sitcom in the sense that it's a um, it's introducing subjects that we could just look at. But they're people who might be very, very curious about... Um, that's about life itself. I mean, whether it affects you or not, we all run into some people that might be a little uh, what we call special. And maybe this will shed some light on we can take the word crazy out of it and just say, hmm, maybe they need a little help. That's right. To talk to somebody. And, um, and, that's, and that's what the show um, is supposed to be about. Well, that's and that's great. And... I think that's good that they are going to try to tackle things, and you kind of alluded to, that normally in the past have not been discussed. Like you right. said, it was kind of like, these people wacky. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, we don't want anything to do with these people. Let's just stay away from them. So. Unfortunately, we do have to deal with them, whether it's on the train or the bus or the street mm-hmm. or in our house. That's right. In our house. There's so many things that... Um, even I say, oh, I didn't know that was a problem, you know, because right. it might not affect me, or drug addiction, or um, a lot of things, you know, shopping addiction. And I think what's so interesting, what TV and niche marketing TV has proven to us, um, is that, oh, yeah, there are black people that that particular thing affects. And I, it's, I think it's so important that uh, the more exposure that people get to these different illnesses. Issues. Oh, yeah. issues, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. well I issues. don't want to soften it. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. things. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Issues, yeah. it's, we can better deal with them. Right, exactly. You know, so big up to you on doing your thing. Uh, just love to watch you in action. You just, I, Thank I don't know. you. I don't know. You have, and we had, I had a chance, uh, the bread man, to meet Anna at a, at a really nice function. You have so much energy. Where do you get the energy? I have no idea, but <laughs> I tell you the one thing. My mother tried to, uh, as they say, um, I won't say whip it out of me, but she said at one point, 
She said, uh, I must have been about three or four, she said you were so hyperactive, something that maybe some parents might have to deal with, a hyperactive (laughs) child. Thank God I'm old enough that Mm -hmm. they didn't create the drug at the time Mm -hmm. to curtail it. Mm -hmm. And what um, she found out, she took me to Mount Olive Baptist Church, and they had a um, kind of like an after-school center, you know, for kids. And she said, thank God. God, because I, when I realized I couldn't um, whip it out of you, I realized I would let you burn yourself out. And that really is just a, an enormous amount of energy and creative energy, mm-hmm. you know, that I just had to be busy. I had to make potholders. I had to do um, make um Paper flowers. I just had an enormous amount of energy. And I think when you have four children, um, you can't sit and say, what is this thing? What is this thing? And what it was is this need to be creative. And I remember the first day they handed me a, um, it was a recitation. I don't even know if we still do that. Um, But a recitation, and I brought it home, and she saw the difference. She said, oh, my God, thank you. And I ended up staying at this after-school center for probably, I think, about 12 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But at least she kept me there. She said, you are not going to sit at home and look at Pinky Lee. She said, you have to do something. And I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. Yeah, you just can't sit on the couch. And so that was her mandate. Let me find something for Anna to do. And that's what she did. And thank God she did. I was going to say, otherwise I wouldn't be able to see you on TV. Right. I'm telling you, the first day I stood on stage, I said, oh, my God. And I was a little loud. I'm going to say that. And so I remember... In the second grade, my teacher, in the third grade, my teacher gave me the lead in a play. And back then, um, they would have these little yellow slips, about two by four. Mm-hmm. And I remember, that's how teachers communicated with each other, from classroom to classroom. And um, after the play, my uh, third grade teacher sent a note to my fourth grade teacher and said, would you please give this to Anna? Tell her I heard every word in the back of the room. (laughs) Well, my dear, (laughs) I was in heaven. That was like the best critic I've ever had in my life. Wow. And, yeah, I mean, it sounds strange and a little silly now, but I found my niche. I could be loud, and I could memorize, and that was it. That's all I needed. Wow. And I noticed that, too. Star is born. Like every, every place I've seen you in acting, it's like you didn't have a script. It's like, well, you just, going, you're just going with it, like, and everybody else is like in slow motion. Oh, That's what attracted yeah. me as you've been an actress. And I was yeah. like, wow, she's awesome. Well, I have to tell you, she was clear enough, and I don't know if this is because she was older. She thought that every child had a gift, and it was her role to allow the child to find out what that gift was. Mm. Yeah, isn't that something? Mm -hmm. And I keep saying she couldn't have been that smart, could she? Could she? Yes. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know mothers were that smart. Oh, yeah, they know. And grandmothers. Yeah. Yep. They know. They know. They allow the children to tell them what they came here for. That's right. That's That's the bottom line. Yeah. What did God send you to my life for? (laughs) Okay. And I don't think it was for the whipping she gave me. I think oh. it was what she said, and what she said after she said, "Anna, you're the worst child a person could have had, but you turned out to be a nice adult." And I said, "Really?" She said, "You just had so much energy, and if we could just put some of that energy in our personal life as opposed to um, a job, I think we'd all be okay." You're right. I feel you 100 percent on that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's all it's all 
what did I come here for? And I have to tell you, I have to do a shout-out for Inglewood, California. I got invited to be the, uh, now this is a comedy of errors, um, the general, what do they call it, the the marshal, the, the, in a parade. The, the what? Grand marshal. The grand marshal. Yes, the grand marshal in the first, well, it's the 29th um, Martin Luther King Parade. This was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay. I was in um, Georgia at the time. So the grand marshal. And I said, oh, I said, this is nice. And I did it before. I mean, you. And um, you wave to a lot of people. And uh, this was in Kentucky when I did it for the Kentucky Derby. So I said, okay, well, let me say hello to my fans. So I got back. I called the lady. I said, well, listen, now where are we marching down? Because this is on Saturday. She said, well, we don't have the money for the permits to do the car. What we do is we have a big festival in one of the largest churches here, and we invite people. And what you do is you come up on stage and you talk, and uh, the kids, it's an essay contest. And the kids come up and read their um, their essays. Mm-hmm. And I said, only me would be connected to a bootleg uh, parade now. <laughs> okay. I said, okay, Jesus, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. But anyway, I donated some money because they give out these scholarships from first grade all the way up to high school. And there was a young lady who wanted to extend the scholarship into college. So I said, well, let me just give some money um, for four more because they had one. And I said, well, why don't we give four more? And I said, okay. So then the woman calls me. Well, listen, Anna, the girl who's doing the college um, scholarship said, could she donate one more scholarship and um, keep the rest of the money for next year, just in case nobody um, has any money? I said, oh, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Only me and colored people. We have this thing. I said, well, I prefer four more kids because that will encourage, you know, five people to at least seek um, college wasn't a lot of money, but I mean, you never know. Winning anything is good. Money is money. You know, right? And just let's not assume that every family has an extra five hundred or thousand dollars to give their child to go shopping. You know? So I said, "Oh God!" I said, "Okay, okay." And I was really disappointed because I wanted four more people. So anyway, I get there yesterday and. Um, I'm surprised because it is really crowded. And I said, oh, I didn't know this many people come out for this thing. And then they started the contest. Well, baby, this a five-year-old gets up, and they have to memorize their essays. These are essays that they wrote, and they memorize. And the tears are rolling down my face. And I said, wait, come on now. Come on. These kids had the most insightful. It was something about King because King inspired them. Um, What do we do now in a time of change? Mm -hmm. I could, my mouth was open. And I said, no, no. Because there was one little boy came up, he was five and a half, six years old. First of all, I didn't know how big they grew. And he had this Steve Harvey suit on, baby. And boy, I'm not going to tell you how big it was. But he got out there and started talking, and everybody was mesmerized. Everybody. Mm. I said, God, dog. Then the seventh-year-old uh, comes up, and he's as good, if not even better. And then mm. this, um, we had a high school girl comes up. She was tonguing. And she talked about diversity, and she said, let's just hope, uh, let's just hope that, um, this was just two lines, she said, that just stuck to me. She said, let's just hope. She said, my dream, she was talking about her dream. She said, King talked about his dream. Let me tell you what my dream is. And um, she said, my dream is that one day 
that every young man and woman can replace the phrase baby daddy and baby uh, mother to mother and father and make the commitment to raise their children. She said, Mm. hopefully one day these kids don't have to kill each other over a $1 bandetta that they put around their heads. And I said, well, who is this? I mean, it was like, huh? Huh? And what you realize is they get it. They're living. She said, and the, the young man said, one day that every black young man could walk down any street in the United States and not fear that somebody that looks like him will kill him. Wow. Baby, I said, mm. okay, all right, Jesus, you put me in the right place. Mm-hmm. You put me in the right place because so much emphasis is put on um, the underprivileged, the ignorant, the this. They didn't have a chance. These are kids. The thing that bothers me most is every one of those children that won the contest mm-hmm. had fathers. Oh, wow. I said, oh, shucks. It makes a difference. It makes a big difference. Isn't that something? It makes a big difference. (sighs) So what are we going to do? What are we going to do about the ones that walk away? And I I told them, because I I got up and I gave out my scholarship, which I realized was the biggest deal in the world. I said, oh, shucks, you think I was crowned Miss America? Because the girl got up and said, it was the guy's granddaughter. He just died. And I didn't know him. And um, she said, um, I had $30, but I did not want the memory of my grandfather to disappear. She said, I don't have a clue how I raised the first $500. She said, and then a week ago, Miss Barnes said, oh, somebody made a donation, and you're able to get four more. Well, I can tell you that getting a job, an acting job, the applause I got from that had to equal me getting a job. Wow. And I said, okay, Okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm in the right place, and let me shut up. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't ride down in no car. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get back to the bootleg parade. Um, <laughs> even though I didn't ride back in the car, I made a lot of people much happier than I ever, ever thought. Wow. You know, and it's a little bit of money. But it goes real far. That's right. It does. You just have to find, and not it doesn't necessarily have to be money. Just your presence. Sometimes. You know, just say okay, okay, all right. And I told them about California. I said something about Hollywood. I said, please. The only thing my advice for you: don't let TV or stardom distract you. Mm-hmm. From who you are, because you all are the stars. You are the potential big stars. You can shine a big light on this world. That's right. Especially from what I heard. I said, don't know more about Kim Kardashian than you do about your grandmother. That's right. You know, find out how she was able to feed 10 children without selling dope on the corner. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I never, I never, and this is from the first time I came to California from New York. I said, don't let the ego get in the way of being honored for what you get paid to do and what I know is my therapy. Right. Because if I didn't have acting, I would be probably, uh, not at Rikers, but one of those places. I don't even know if they still got those places now. You say the one. Honor me for what I do and I don't get paid for. Mm-hmm. That's the big deal. And I think I grew up in on 122nd and Lennox, but my mother was always finding somebody to give something to. And I tell you, um, a few weeks ago, this woman comes up to me in a restaurant and she says, um, 
Hi, Anna. I don't know if you would remember me. And she says her name. And I said, how could I forget you? I said, you were my first friend. Wow. We met when we were about five years old. Her mother lived around the corner. And the mother was supposedly poor. Okay. And I think they were. And my mother used to take my clothes that I outgrew and give them to her. Okay. And you know how when you're young and you got a, your mother sends you to the store, you have to go to your best friend's house to pick yeah. her up so you all can go across the street to the store? Mm-hmm. I don't know if kids still do that, but you have to be with them every minute that you can. And then she walks you to the store, you walk her home, and then get back. <laughs> so hopefully your mother didn't need whatever she sent you to the store for uh, real quick. And I said, yeah. She didn't look like I remembered, because the last time I saw her, she was about 16 years old. And I saw her on the street, and I ran up to her, and I said, hey, girl, how are you? And she was a little cold to me. And when I got to my mother's house, I said, Mommy, I saw so-and-so, and she was cold to me. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm insulted because she had my suit on. And my mother said, my Anna. Because maybe she felt bad that she had your suit on and she thought you knew it. And I said, oh, okay, because I didn't think of that. And um, she was so um, happy that I remembered her. And I really, I didn't, like I said, because I said, Darling, I remember you as being light skinned. When did you get this dog? <laughs> That's all I can say. And she said that is so funny. She said my daughter says the same thing. I said so. Either both your daughter and I mistaken you, or you must have got dark through the years. She said that is the funniest thing. She said, but I see you, and the daughter was standing there. And said, oh, she said, my mother talks about you all the time. And I said, really? She said, yeah. She told the mother said, um, I said, because you got married young. And she said, I'm, well, Anna, it wasn't marriage. It was called having a baby. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, oh, oh. She said, well, this is the baby I had. And I have another one. She said, but um, she said, I didn't get married until about 10, 15 years ago. I said, oh, okay. And she said, but I got my major now. My daughter's a major in the Army. And um, my husband's a major. She said, so I'm okay. I said, wow, wow, wow. So that was something. That's 40 years of my life. And we didn't find each other on Facebook. We found each other in person. So wow. I think Jesus has a plan for me. Yes, he does. He's got a plan yeah. for everybody. Everybody's yeah. got a plan. Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. Well, we know you okay. We know. <laughs> I know. I know personally you okay, okay? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's so great to have you. One of the things I wanted to ask you was the – well, there was so, there's so many different things. But I guess one of the things was uh, – and you touched a little bit of it, of uh, kind of, I guess, trying to stay grounded – and what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's hard for a lot of people um, to do um, that do that are involved in your field. Do you think that affects them? Well, I don't know if it's hard just in this field. It might be any field. Well, that's I think true. I think most people, you know, they grow up with a philosophy. Now, let me just say this. We didn't okay. miss any meals growing up. Right. So, just for instance, food wasn't a, a minor thing. I mean, it wasn't a major thing in my life. My father owned a grocery store. So, I took it for granted I could always have food. Right. You know? Um, extracurricular activities wasn't, um, it wasn't scarce. My mother had me in, in, and this is not bragging. This is just telling you what no, we had no. to do. Yeah, so, yeah. I had piano yeah. lessons and... That I found a piano teacher on my own, of course, with seventy five cents a week, and I took my little allowance to pay for my piano lessons, and my mother went along with it. She was just happy. I didn't know realize she was just happy. Anything I 
kid that kept me out of trouble. She agreed. Keep that girl busy. Yeah, she said, good. And um, so you grow up with a certain philosophy, not even knowing it's a philosophy, but it is, mm-hmm. that, oh, you have enough of that. You can share that. So we can't say that it's just show business. So what you grow up giving away as a child, you probably continue to. If everybody didn't have a lot of stuff, they might not know. So it might be an engineer that hoards. Right. It might be um, a scientist that decides, you know, if he didn't have somebody that gave him the um, follow-through and the the commitment, you know, and the attention, Mm -hmm. that they don't give it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's show business. I think in show business you have more people that can choose. Right. You know, but it's any field. That's true. It is. You know, I guess, but I, I don't know if it's harder for actors than it is for other people. I guess I say I, I just said that because more so, um, I, when I say you, I, I mean the whole acting uh, right. The deal. show business community. Correct. Is that they're in the public eye so much? Yeah, yeah. So every little thing that you do is scrutinized. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. But let me tell you, when I first came to California, and there was so many charity things here, and when I got invited, I was just happy to get invited because again, that schedule of stay busy, stay busy. I realized, which was a little odd, that I was the only black representation. Really? Yeah. Because wow. I don't think every actor knew that that was part of the job of affecting that many people. Because even in the worst TV show, you attract a million people. You yeah. know what I mean? If you're on the yeah. network, and let's yeah. say most shows have much more than that. Right. So there, there are a million, two or three million people that know your face. Mm-hmm. And not that you have to give money. You just have to say, oh, wait, wait. Yeah, I can just attend there because they're, and you want to narrow it down. If there's a black family that's affected by diabetes or um, some other condition, epilepsy or something, the black family is looking for somebody that looks like them out there. Otherwise, it becomes a charity. Yes. Isn't that odd? Mm-hmm. This woman whispered to me at some point. She said, girl, I'm so glad you're here. Wow. And I said, is this a good charity for you? She said, yeah. She said, but we don't see a lot of you all here. And I said, oh, okay. I think it was, I'm not sure what it was, autism or MS or the this or that, the other, you know. And so... um some newspaper, Hollywood Reporter, named me as one of the big philanthropists of really? the year. One year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that, hopefully, that is that changing? Yes, I think okay. so. I think so. But again, when you have a talent, nobody tells you what's involved. Right. You know what I, know I mean? What you're so saying. it's not right. that we're selfish. We just didn't know because I okay. did a thing about adoption. And a lot of the black actors, I sent out a letter to all the black actors. This was years ago. And they said, child, I'm not that big. I said, oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Mm. They thought that they had to have a lot of money. Right. And I said, no, just give me an item. And I can list the white actors who called me immediately and gave me something to auction off. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that odd? Yes. Yeah. So we we are constantly learning um, about a lot of things on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Do you, do Especially you find, in this business, huh? Do you find that uh, a lot of the um, uh, actors, um, minority actors, do they kind of stick together, or it's just basically, hey, they fend for themselves? Uh, well, a Is lot of things are spread out. Yeah. A lot of things are spread out here. Right. So we don't know. 
Um, we don't run into each other often. Right. You know, so that might be it. But for the most part, we still think, um, um, wow, we still think that um, I don't know him well or I don't know her or something. I don't know. Right. I don't know. So I can't say that whether we're together or not. Right. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... I tell you, it's just, uh, it's great to see someone like yourself that's out there and you're genuine. Uh, I've met a lot of different people out there. And, you know, you get some really good people. Now, obviously, there's always that one odd punch. But, um, like I said before, you just have that vibrancy and, you know, that warmth. And I think people, that comes across in what you do, whatever you play in, people just kind of, vibe to that and when they get a chance to meet you in real life you know it's that same aura that comes across and I guess like you said this started when you were just you know you know yay big let me uh, just throw this at you okay you've been you do it all you do you've done stage mm-hmm. you've done uh, TV shows movies yeah. what what do you prefer out of out um a good script okay a good script because it's still the same. You're still trying to create a character that people can relate to, right. and whether it's comedy or drama, you want them to feel something. Mm-hmm. So it's really not. I mean, with stage, you get instant gratification. Right. With TV, you have to work till it's on to say, mm. you know. I think the preference is working with somebody who has as much passion about the feel as you do. Right. And you don't get all of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that's the big um, if. Right. You know, and that's what makes the criteria if you want to do this project. Mm-hmm. Then you say, oh, come on now. You right. Know, you don't want somebody who's just lucky or doesn't have the um, the commitment right. to rehearse to say, okay, this is not as good as it could be. Let's spend time and develop something. Right. You know, even a bad script, um, you can do something with right. if you make the commitment, you know. Um, but you have to make the commitment first. So it's not any you get you get the same satisfaction is what I wanna say. Okay. From a Got movie you. or a TV. If you get somebody, if you hit the hardcore, you know. I ran into, um, what's her name? Um, oh, shucks. Viola Davis. Yes. And, um, you know, she did the help. I didn't see it, I can't say, but I know her. I've been to her house. And she told a story. She got an award. And she told a story about um, this little boy in school, I think she's in the Midwest, would always call her black and ugly. And she ran and did something and this and that. So at the end, we were at the, um, what you call it, at the um, valet park. And I said, girl, you got to change that story. Because mm-hmm. you're dealing with people who don't think you're black and ugly. Right. So don't make us feel bad. Right. Okay? I mean, mm-hmm. I know it probably happened. This boy used That's to right. call her that. But we got to change that story. Mm-hmm. I said, don't give them all that information. Right. Cut it down, baby. Ooh, yeah, cut it down. Let's bring it down or not. <laughs> we don't need that much black truth. And yeah, I don't yeah. know whether the boy that called her that was white or black. I just said, ooh, okay, let's change that story. <laughs> okay? So I still open my mouth when I don't need to. Yeah, well, you know, you keep it real. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, it's, as I said, it's it's a breath, breath of fresh air that you come in and you know your craft and you do your thing. Yeah. Um, how difficult is it? Well, I guess you already answered it, basically. You said this matter between movie and actresses. But I know a lot of the shows um, back in the day were performed in front of a studio audience. Yeah. And now, oh, God, I missed that. Right. A lot of them aren't. Oh. Now, that's where you might have to come out and save me. (laughs) (laughs) These poor little arrogant writers think that they wrote brilliance, and I said, but only you think it's funny, nobody else. Right. 
I don't know. I I don't know. Wow. I have no idea why that was taken out. Well, profit making, I think. Because it's it's a lot longer the process between. Well, it's that they don't have. I tell you, the guy that I first came out and did comedy with, he would have. And this is when you had to earn your money because you did two shows. They had two audiences. They would bring them in, and if a joke didn't work the first show, right, script got changed. So you had to go back in during your lunch uh, period and uh, learn a whole nother scene. Wow. Yep. Yep. Those days are over. These kids write, and they swear it's fabulous. <laughs> And Come out, yo! Oh. This is the hottest thing. Yeah. That's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I need help on that front. Now, do the actors have any any input in that? Well, any it depends on what show you work with. I've okay. always had. Um, I thought I always had an input. I mean, it's like um, even in the movies, if a if a director, if he's smart, mm-hmm. if he's smart, he'll listen to the actor who. Uh, breathes life into these characters because right. otherwise it's just words on the page. Right. That's right. how Sundance started. And Robert Redford said, "No, no, no. You need the actor." Right. I don't care how brilliant you think your script is, unless a human being uh, can put breath of life into it. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's right. You know. And so he developed this workshop that you have a chance for two weeks to come, go through the script, do it, and um, and then you put it on film, you do two or three scenes, and then um, you got critique and you go back to the drawing board. Now a lot of young uh, people, since we don't have the same kind of people, like a Joe Papp, I don't know if you remember him, he had the public theater, mm-hmm. um, who... They had dramaturges, which means let's work on your script. And sometimes it took a month, sometimes it took a year. Right. Chorus Line was in workshop for two years. You know, Chorus Line, Dream Girls, all of that. Those people, everybody got a little check for $50 or $100 a week to work out the script. But the show is still running, which means obviously it was better written than a lot of other stuff. That's right. We don't have those kind of places anymore. We don't have places that believe in it. Everybody wants to be a star on their first run out. Yeah. Yes. And if you criticize, baby, they'll cuss you out. Oh, forget it. Yeah, so I don't know if our egos can take critique anymore. Mm. And that's... Yeah, that's that's sad. Yeah, because see, I met a boy a few months ago, and uh, on a plane he was um, what they call the host, one of the stewardess or flight attendants. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, no, I got to be politically correct now. And uh, I was so hungry, and I didn't get a chance to go to the restaurant. And he was so sweet. He said, "I'll take care of you, Miss Horsford." I said, "Oh, thank you, Jesus, for a few fans." And bought me some sun chips and some soda. I said, thank you. <laughs> and went to sleep. And then when I was getting out, of course, I had to pay for that. Now, he, got, he gave it to me free. When I was coming out the plane, he said, if you have a chance, could you go on YouTube and look at my film? I said, oh, oh. okay. Oh, there we go. Uh, Yes, but it was nice because I felt good hunting with them sun chips and peanuts. And so uh, what happened was I lost the card, okay, a week after I find the card, a couple of weeks. Uh And I go on YouTube and I see it and I am floored. It is so good. Really? Yeah. He did this little movie on his own. He had actors, but he wrote the script and this and that. And it's about child abuse. Mm. And um, I called him. I didn't even know what part of the world he was living in. Right. Um, and I called, and of course it was 12 o'clock midnight. And I said, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Anna Horsford. You gave your card to me. And um, I said, I just want to tell you, your script, your movie is wonderful. And he started crying. Oh, man. And I said, 
<laughs> You're like, uh-oh, what did I do? Well, I knew what I did. I, I, and I said, I, let me first of all apologize because it's 12 o'clock. And, you know, I said, where are you? He said, Philadelphia. I said, I'm so sorry. But I lost the card. But I have to tell you, I am so impressed. I am so impressed because he did a whole nother slant on it that I had never seen. Mm. And I said, whoa. I said, where did that come from? I said, oh, I said, have you been um, in a lot of festivals? He said, no, I, I'm self-taught. I said, and? He said, well, I didn't think it was up to par. I said, are you kidding? And we talked, and I said, oh, no, 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 you have to submit. Well, I'm driving my car today, and he calls, because I gave my number. I said, if you have any questions, just call, you know. Right, right. And he calls me and said, I just want to tell you, my mother said thank you. I just um, submitted into the... um, San Diego Black Film Festival, and they accepted my film. Wow. And I said, wonderful, wonderful. I said, well, go through the Internet and see if there's any others you should, and I'll help you with the entrance fees. And he said, really? He said, yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you, this film is really good. I believe you. I you know, need you. And that's, we yeah. need more. We need more encouragement from. Yeah, and you know, you never know who it's gonna come from. That's right. You never know. I mean, I forgot how long I've been out there, <laughs> and I did not know the effect I have on people, even that's... actors. You know, when I say, "Oh my God, you're so wonderful," I take it as a compliment. They said, and I swear to you, they said, "Coming from you, that." Means and I said, really? They said, yeah. Because yeah. they didn't think I would lie. And now we have so much access. You know, just like yeah. when you met this guy with this business card. Like, say, after you called him, what other means could, yeah. could he have done to go yeah. to this festival? You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. okay, you can't go to YouTube. He would have to get your address and mail you a copy of Right, exactly, video, exactly, video exactly. And, and, who, and what I give him my yeah. address. Yeah. You know, a flight attendant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, so we're in an age of things can really happen. Yeah. You can't give up. That's, that's and I tell you the truth. I thought it was brilliant. Now, everybody might not think that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I said, well, if it means anything, I think you're wonderful. Yeah. And I think the insight you showed with mm-hmm. this film, and it's a 13-minute film. But he said he took his money, and he he always knew this is what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and uh, he did it. And you got to give points for that because there are a lot of people that don't do it, that might be just as talented, mm-hmm. that don't do it, that said, well, you know, my mother didn't do this, my father didn't do this, I didn't do it, my classmate, my teacher. There's a long list of excuses. This boy did it. Yeah. So I said, shucks, I don't care how bad it is, you still got to get some points for completing something. Yeah, right. Because the, 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 I saw one movie, and this actor in the movie said, there's a power to completion. And I said, oh, shucks. It was like it hit me on the head with a hammer. Mm-hmm. He said, listen, after five months, after five weeks, people don't remember whether it's good or bad. They just know you completed something. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, like this radio show. I don't know how many people say, oh, I could do a radio show. I could interview. I could interview. Larry, you and this wonderful gentleman did it. Yeah, we're doing it. Doing it. Every week. Doing it. How long has it been on? Two. Well, actually, we've been coming up on three years in May. Wow. So we're doing it. Yeah. We have, we have all different types of people, like yourself and a yeah. regular person, too. It's all regular. It's all. Let me tell you something. Everything starts with one regular person. I went to St. Louis, Missouri. It was a guy. He's 85 now. It's called um, Mr. Matthews. He said he wanted something to do for these young black boys. 
And 50 years ago, he started a boys club. In fact, it was the first one in America because they didn't have a boys club. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I said, wow. I went out there and you should see this building. You should see the program. And I said, well, wait a minute. What was he, a teacher? She said he was an elevator operator. Wow. Wow. And, of course, the wife had four daughters, so I said, well, wait a minute now. Did he just want to get away from the wife and the daughters? (laughs) (laughs) She said, this guy said, you notice it was a boys' club. I said, oh, maybe he got sick all them women. Anyway, he took his money, and this other guy, um, Matthew Dickey, Mr. Dickey, I said, how did Mr. Dickey become your partner? He said, I remember the day like it was yesterday. He was my partner. I mean, he said he became my partner because he's the only one that let me talk. Everybody else said, you better save that $20. Wow. I said, really? He said, he's the only one that said, that's not stupid. And he gave me another twenty five dollars. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now it services over like a hundred thousand a year. Mm. Yeah. All races, all anybody goes from St. Louis will tell you, Oh, I know Matthew Dickey. I said, Really? Has about fifty um teams with ball, playing the basketball and baseball and stuff. But he said he just wanted these boys. He said the first time they had a game, the black boys came on. And he said they wouldn't look up. And he said, why? He said, because we don't have uniforms. We're not like that white team. Mm-hmm. And he said, God, dog, he got to raise some money just to get them the same kind of shirt. You know? Because remember, we come out of a damaged situation. He had to fight to get teams to play against them. And he said, um, when he did it, he said, they won. They won the first game. He said, but if you knew how much I had to talk to them, I begged this man to write a book. And he said, "Mm -mm. he said, but he gave somebody recently, gave somebody permission to write a book about him when he's dead. And I said, why? And she said, because he said he doesn't want to write a book because he'll have to tell the truth. Wow. Now, I don't know what that means. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really that alone. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. you know what? He's doing it. He's affected over half a million kids so far, That's so I ain't mad about. at him. That's, huh? what all, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. You know, the kids are our future. Yeah. But I just want him to put the um, it down on paper, how he was able to stick to it. You know, I went out to this little boy's prison, and I said, you know why I'm here? I said, don't think it's because of Friday now. This is really, I said, because I don't want you to mug me when you get out of this little jail, okay? <laughs> I said, raise your hand and promise me you're not going to mug me or anybody that look like me. He said, no, we're not going to mug you. I said, okay, now. You talk about keeping it real. I want to make sure it's real. I said, when you get out of here, I want you to get a passport because I want you to travel. I want you to see that there is a world out there. That's it. Okay, and they were very fortunate. I said, because you're in jail at this point. I don't know what kind of home you came from. I don't know who those people were that called yourself the parent or your foster parent or whatever. Because we, let me tell you, until you start working with these kids, you have no idea what they lived through. Mm-hmm. And when you hear it, you say, ooh. Thank you. Thank you, God, for saving me from that. Mm-hmm. Okay? And whatever you can do to encourage one, I always say if you talk to any child, whether it's your friend, child, whatever, if you can find something to compliment them on, do it. That's right. Do it, because it might be the only compliment they ever get in life. Yeah, Wow. See, you don't have to ask me but four questions. 
and I'll fill up your time. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Oh. All right, Mr. Larry. I know. I'm going to let you go. I know you got to run. I just have to feed my little dog who was mad at me for leaving it alone for four months, for six months. Wow. Yeah. Man, too, you left me for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you at? But listen now, I had to I had to pay somebody to keep her. She got her dog massages. Look, look he said she they got her with it. I got a what? lifetime contract with you. Okay. Okay. I'll be I said, dog wait a minute, dog. You ain't gonna be uh uh-uh, don't give me no attitude. Because <laughs> yeah, much money as I had to pay people to take care of your behind. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Yes. Well, we, def- we definitely want to get you back on to talk okay. about. There's so many other questions I have for you. All right, though. Uh, we definitely will reach out to you. Okay. Um, I must say, before we let you run, okay. anything that you want to plug you have coming up or down the road that you'd like the listeners to look out for? Just look out for me. Make sure. Make sure that, and I'm telling you, you pointed out something a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. The Internet is a great um, tool to yes. sensitize BT, to sensitize anybody now, because all of these shows have pages. Mm-hmm. And if there's something you want to tell these people, that's really, really important. Yes. Really important, because they pay people just to read what you want to see and what you don't want to see. Yep. So please go on and write your comments. Is there anything, any critiques you have about me? I mean, there might be one or two people who don't like something I do. No. Everybody loves you. <laughs> Listen, as I told the audience yesterday. I want amen back, baby. <laughs> thank you. Thank you now for allowing back. me to bring Harlem to um, Inglewood. That's right. I said, I'm from a village called Harlem. And my tribe keeps it very clear that I have to take my culture there, wherever I go. From Sweden to um, Hershey, Pennsylvania, to Ireland, to uh, Senegal. Everywhere I have traveled, I bring Harlem and the culture of my people with me. That's what's good. Yep. That's what's good. Yep. And I'm proud of it, and hopefully we will continue to be, because I think everybody has a story. Yes. And whether it was a story of glory or abuse, there's somebody out in this world waiting to hear it. Because you can heal somebody listening. Right. And you've, you like you said, everybody has a story and that the power mm-hmm. of healing. Of telling, of telling your story. Yeah. Whether it's radio or just as an individual. Mm-hmm. As an individual. And I think think if we understood that we are all heroes in some way or the other, that we are really born to be somebody's hero, whether it's your wife or your children or something. As a friend told me years ago, the easiest way to be a hero is just show up because mm-hmm. children don't know whether you pay that child support. They don't know whether it's beans and rice. They just know, oh, wow, my daddy knows me. Right. Okay. And the real bottom line is, as strict as you think your parents are, all they want is to keep you alive until you're 20. Okay. That's the thing. I just want this sob to be alive. I don't want nobody to hurt him. Yeah. If nothing else, I want to. I want you to be alive. And they want a better. They want a better life. They want huh? a better life. They yeah. want you to have a better life than they had. Yeah, but I got to keep you alive first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now, yeah. now it's it's. Yeah. That's a, that's a big battle. That's why you got to come in at all right. time. That's right. Okay. Like, that's why I don't want like, you in jail. I don't want you to put your body in harm's way. Mm-hmm. You know, just simple stuff. Simple. 
But as I say, every young man who has a child, every young woman, just be there. Okay? You don't have to be perfect. Just be there. That's right. Okay? All right. Well, we so that child will get its history. That's right. And make it better than yours. That's right. Okay? Amen. All Amen. right, darling. All right, Mr. Well, thanks Larry. for coming on. Thank you. you. All righty. And when and I'm in New York, I'll call you. You definitely better call me, girl. All right. I want you. <laughs> All right. You never introduce me to your co-host now. Well, he, we definitely, when you come in New York, we'll both be in the scene. I'm okay. Andy, my well, man, I'm Cornbread. Cor- I'm Cornbread. Right. Okay, Cornbread? Yeah. Cornbread. The That's man. Earl's son and me? Oh, you on on target again. <laughs> you are on target. Got to bring a quarter for that now. Anybody who says that, I have to put a quarter in the in the bank. <laughs> oh God! All right, darling. You have cornbread. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. All right, we'll darling. Have a good night. Okay? Happy New Year. Happy Be New blessed. Year. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the LC and Jack radio show. Good night.